Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Lori and Julia on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. First, a reminder that you are running out of time to get My Talk 1071's listener rewards for June. Today's the last day. Listen for a chance to win $500 from AARP. That's just one of the great prizes you can win. Get the app or stream online and get registered. You can see more prizes and listener rewards on our app or at mytalk1071.com. That's a real nice price. I know. $500. What if you just entered today and you won? Someone's going to be happy. Someone's going to be happy. We were so sad to read the news. So this morning, Dick Van Dyke popped up on my phone. And so I started Googling Dick Van Dyke and trying to figure out if he died. Because, you know, the minute we see someone's name who's older. Right. and, And then, like, 15 minutes later, it said, Carl... Reiner, Reiner, the creator of the Dick Van Dyke show, died. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, I almost said something else. So I stopped myself. <laughs> I almost said something bad. <laughs> so I just stopped myself. So, so saddened. I mean, I we just, I, first of all, Carl Reiner, comedic genius. I mean, comedy heaven. He's with his wife. I mean, it, he's got a lot of good company because it was like, Dick Van Dyke, Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, but Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner were really good friends for 70 years. years. And I thought about him right away and I thought about his son, Rob Reiner. And also Carl Reiner was great to follow on social media. He was really always tweeting and having funny thoughts and his greatest wish in the whole wide world was to live long enough for the election, so he can yeah. see you know who be out of office. That yeah. was kind of something maybe, he tweeted tweeted about a lot. Yeah, a, a lot, yeah. a lot. And I just, I, I did. I just thought, oh, this, this feels like a gut punch, like uh, when Robin Williams and Joan Rivers died. You know, it's super. Well, I started crying because there is an article about the seventy year friendship between Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner, mm-hmm. and I just. How did they meet again? They was met, it the okay. show of shows? Your oh, show no. of shows? Okay, or, so they know. met when on, um, okay, let's see here. They met when he, um, oh, Lori, don't even ask me that. I 
Well, I know his motto was, if you're not in the obit, eat breakfast. That was, mm-hmm. was funny. I mean, but he basically, he did create the Dick Van Dyke show. And right. it was sort of basically an autobiographical, it was his story. He tried to star in it and he wasn't very good. And, you know, it ends up being the Dick Van Dyke show. But I do know that uh, I that he, I think, met Mel Brooks and... Um, the uh your show is Sid Caesars. Yes, and so and so Mel yes, you're right, Lori, in the fifties. Mm-hmm. And so um they met and he just thought that there was no one funnier than Mel Brooks. So Mel Brooks would be the funny one to Carl Reiner being the straight one. And they did um comedy albums together and they both have huge careers on their own. And then after both their wives died. I know, and unusual that the men outlived the wives. Exactly. And of course, uh, Carl Reiner's um, wife, Estelle, has the famous scene in When Harry Met Sally, which Rob Reiner directed, when Harry, when Sally is demonstrating to her boy, you know, her guy friend that all women can fake, fake an, an orgasm. orgasm and do it and fool the guy. And she does the scene at Katz's Deli. And then Estelle was cast, and she said, I'll have what she's having. Mm-hmm. That was Carl Reiner's wife and Rob Reiner's mom. And, yeah. It's sad. He just was, like, tweeting just a couple days ago. Well, read he, what he just wrote about his lovely life. Yeah, he he did. It was kind of like he knew something. Well, I mean, he's 98. Well, true. So, I mean, you know, you you think about death every morning that you wake up. You probably think, you know, I'm alive. Yay. <laughs> Basically, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um, well, uh, Rob Reiner, um, uh, you know, of course, very, very uh, sad about it. And he, I think, as far as I know, is how we found out um, that he passed away. His son. Yeah, because he did die at home. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a good way to go. Um, I can't find that. I tweet. know. Why can't we have so much stuff? We've been oh, reading. No, here it okay. is. Nothing. This is Carl Reiner um, on three days ago. Nothing pleases me more than knowing that I've lived the best life possible by having met and married the gifted Estelle, Stella LaBose, who partnered with me in bringing Rob, Annie and Lucas Reiner into this needy and evolving world. Mm hmm. And um, they met. You're right, Lori, on Sid Caesar's vi- um, variety show. Yeah. And, and then people are like Ron Howard is retweeting something that Carl Reiner tweeted a couple days ago mm-hmm. about the man in the White House. Mm-hmm. So different people are either tweeting their thoughts or tweet retweeting mm-hmm. because he was he and Mel Mel Brooks isn't as uh, um, out loud as Carl Reiner sure. was in the Twitterverse. But yeah, sure. it really it's it's it's. It's fun. There's like Julia and I were just going down the rabbit hole of looking at clips of Carl Reiner on Johnny Carson and um, all these different talk shows and just how funny he wrote tons and tons of books. Of course, he was partnered with Steve Martin on The Jerk and yeah. um, other movies. But um, and CBS Sunday Morning did a, a story on him like last year about um it was kind of it was a focus on you know his incredible comedy um writing career but also just really on the friendship of these norman lear mel brooks carl reiner buck henry these guys in alan alda and hollywood that have been living and i guess apparently right around the corner from carl reiner was uh 
you know, Douglas, Kirk Douglas, yes. and he just died. But um, just about the friendship and just how you could just sit and be a fly on the wall and listen to these guys, the stories. What's the Michael Douglas show, The Kaminsky Project? And it kind of reminds me of um, older men in Hollywood that yes. have kind of aged out in their friendship That because Alan Arkin and Michael oh, Douglas have that so friendship. Funny. Here's what um, they, when he met Mel Brooks on um, working on the Sid Caesar variety show, Mel Brooks, he says, I never forget it. One day I came in and I heard this guy saying, I'm a Jewish pirate. You know what they're charging for sales these days? Thirty three seventy two a yard. I can't afford to pillage anymore. And he just goes on and he said, I thought, who is this guy? This guy is the funniest single human being on the planet. Oh, come on, um, Brooks said, maybe the third. And then they just started this friendship. And after both their wives had passed away, um, Mel Brooks would drive down from his house to go to Carl Reiner's and they would eat dinner every night and watch Jeopardy. Oh, it hysterical. was featured on the morning show, their it friendship was. and everything. And, and Carl Reiner, I, I remember, I, of course, Dick Van Dyke and, but one of his big smash hits. And I remember all these, the Oh God movies with George yes. Burns. That yes. was so funny John in the Denver. late seventies mm-hmm. and John Denver, you're right, Lori. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to do the jerk with Steve Martin and he also worked on Dead Man, Don't Wear Plaid, and The Man um, with Two Brains. And he was just so funny. Well, listen, we'll come back. We'll listen okay. to a little uh, Carl Reiner when we come back. And really, I mean, legend gets thrown around a lot, but he really, Carl Reiner, Reiner true legend. We'll be right back. When you and me, no hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We just were talking about uh, Carl Reiner, legendary Carl Reiner, passed away at the long-lived life at 98 years old. Um, it is kind of fun on, on uh, social media. Like Anna Navarro, uh, she tweeted a thing, a picture that Carl Reiner had tweeted of himself in September of 2017. And uh, it's him kneeling in his yard on one knee, and it said, inspired by all who took knees before me, I'll attempt to and hopefully succeed in taking a knee for equality and justice for all our citizens. September of 2017, you guys, when Carl Reiner was 95 years old. Oh, gosh. I mean, and he also, just to put it in perspective, in case you're wondering about his legendary status. Yes. Nine Emmys, a Grammy, the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor, and um, uh, also, you know, his recordings with um, the comedy legend Mel Brooks Mm -hmm. and for the 2,000-year-old man, their first five albums, all, you know, like Albert Brooks, Paul Reiser, Billy Crystal, all these people are saying these are, this was the comedy albums that we listened to. Bob Newhart, you know, was the same age. Yes, exactly. But very much influenced him. And uh, here's a a guy who's a writer said, in 99, I was writing, writing on the Martin Short Show and Carl Reiner was on, so we all went down just to look at him. He was in his dressing room, so we all popped our heads around the door like the little rascals. He looked up, saw us in the mirror, and said, hmm, you guys must be the writers. Just like, no way. Okay, and then also, Lori, on... And everyone, June, like... What date is it today? Today is the 30th. Okay, so this, there's a photo of Mel Brooks in bed with um, Carl Reiner, and it might be his daughter because he had three children. Um, and they're all wearing Black Lives Matter sweatshirts, laying in bed together. So that's just like two days ago. Yes. Oh. And people just, I mean, like Eugene Levy from Poops Creek. Oh, 
gosh. He's like, he was the greatest comedy mm-hmm. mind and one of the kindest people. That is an overwhelming um, uh, sentiment from a lot of people that are, are, are talking about him. And it's all Hollywood and political. I mean, it's sort of everybody, comedy legends. They're just like, he was just like a truly... Truly kind man and and a real activist, too, as mm-hmm. well as comedy legend. Well, what are we going to hear? Well, okay, so this is when his very first time he was on Conan O'Brien. He had been on Johnny Carson about 47 times. And in 2009, he was on with Conan O'Brien. And he's just telling us kind of how the Dick Van Doe... Why do you keep calling I don't him know. Dick Van Doe? Dick, Dick Van Dyke, because I'm thinking... <laughs> I have no idea. Dick Van Dyke show started. Right after the... Uh, Show of Shows ended mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, with Sid Caesar and Caesar's Hour. The, the review format was dead until Carol Burnett brought it back. She brought it back, yeah. And uh, so I was being offered situation comedies, and they weren't very good. And my wife read one. She said, why don't you write one? I said, I don't know how to write that. I was on Fire Island, and I said to myself, what piece of ground do I stand on that nobody stands on? I live in New Rochelle, work in New York on a variety show. So I'll write about that. And I wrote a thing called Head of the Family, and it was financed by Peter Lawford. Mm-hmm. He paid for the pilot, and I wrote 13 episodes, so I'd have it ready in case it went on. Other, other writers would have a, a template. Mm-hmm. And so I did the pilot with Barbara Britton and Morty Gunty and Sylvia Miles. It was fair. It was okay. And you were the, you were the star. I played Robert Petrie. It was yeah. o- okay. Didn't sell. And... Uh, I started doing movies. I wrote a, sh- a movie for Dar's Day, the thrill of it all. Mm-hmm. And Sheldon Leonard got a hold of these 13 scripts from my agent, and he said, he called me and he says, these are very good. I said, well, Sheldon, I don't want to fail twice with the same material. <laughs> and here I impersonated pretty well. He says, you won't fail? I'll get a better actor to play you. <laughs> <laughs> and then enters Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Oh, and there is Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, and he did. He was on Tom. Remember Tom Green? Yes. I, I, I think he was married to Drew Barrymore for a hot second. Is that yes, the guy I'm thinking of? I think of? so. He's comedy. Anyway, he was on his show in 2014, and he said he almost w- walked off the Dick Van Dyke show in its first season over the censorship, not being able to be in the bed and the words. And he said, I was ready to quit, but I didn't have FU money. So there I you stayed. Go. Right. Now, here he is talking okay. about censorship. Okay. You see how much the times have changed. <clears throat> you have Dick Van Dyke, Mary Tyler Moore, and they're married on the show, but you can't show them in bed together. No. <laughs> the, 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 the restrictions and the sort of puritanical sexual code was so intense in the early 60s. Well, in the 50s, it was even worse. Sid Caesar on the show of shows and I were in the trenches during World War I as playing two soldiers, and the bombs are bombing us. And Sid raises his fist and he says, Damn you, damn you, damn you! And they said, You can't say damn it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Damn. Right. So it ended up on the air. Darn you, darn you, <laughs> yeah. darn you. Which is what you would say if yes. you were about to die. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, and then God. it kind of came full circle because he um, was asked to be on the roast for Joan Rivers in 2010. Joan Rivers had a show, uh, the, uh, a roast show, and she asked me to be on, I hated roast, and she said, just be my guest, please. It's a, her last, mm-hmm. anyway, I went on, I was the guest at the end. Was this televised? Televised, I, yes, it was televised. Yeah. And it was also bleeped, which I'll bleep myself. <laughs> and, uh, and I came up there and I said, uh, you know, I told the story about saying, darn, darn, darn. We, I said, we couldn't say anything. So here now, I get a chance to use all the words I've never been allowed to use. <laughs> and I went. And then at the end, I went, free, free at last. <laughs> Really I mean, cute. was that just four years ago that he was? No, 2010. 2010. Okay, 10. But yeah, yeah. Still, I mean, and and he, um, people also might remember him. He played the con artist Saul Bloom in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, in in twelve, I and think 12, it was. Like, he he was the in the sequels. series. Yes, yeah. he was in those. And then he also, you know, wrote books. His first book was semi autobiographical, Enter Laughing, and then he. Wrote book after book. He wrote a children's book called Tell Me a Scary Story, but not too scary. I just remembered, too busy to die. Staying up on social media. He really did make people laugh. And if you just want to, like, read some kind of sweet memories and stuff, just go on Twitter or Instagram. And yeah, all the people, a lot of people are just sharing things. And it's here's it's a sweet. cute letter John Cryer posted this morning, and it's dated January 31st, 2009. And John Cryer from Two and a Half Men. And, and pretty in pink. And ducky. pretty in pink, Hello. Ducky. And it says, Dear John, thank you for filling in for me tonight. I wish with all my heart that you fail. Or if you don't, that you are no more than adequate. I don't want to have to compete with you for this non-paying job. <laughs> it, he was the directors of the Guild, Directors Guild of America, and he had to go do something for him. But who writes a funny letter like that? Oh, I know it. Anyway, he will be missed. Yeah, very, very much so. All right, listen, we come back. We are going to catch up with Akua Ellis um, from Greater Twin Cities United Way. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It is Tuesday, June 30th, all day today. Does, in case you're do, keeping track does that mean tomorrow's July 1st? Yes. There's no 31 days in no, June. No, there aren't. Okay. No, July is 31. Um, I want to, you know, the we had seen early on A Breath for George, the screening that New Dawn Theater was doing. Um, and so good, so good, so powerful. And they extended the screenings. Well, they've extended them again. Good. So if you, um, want to see that the the screening for a breath for George, um, is going to be now through July 5th and next Sunday, it's going to be at Chan Hassan 
Theater, theater. Outside. So they're all outdoor screenings. Mm -hmm. and Bring a chair. Yep. It's a powerful piece um, on, from, it's just so good. Yeah. We just loved it. But go to newdawntheater.org mm -hmm. or Google A Breath for George. I mean, I, I saw the crowds grow a lot because we were at the, one of the very early ones. And I, right, right. and I saw the people outside the Guthrie this weekend. And there were quite a few there. Yeah, there were. So, yeah. Okay. Do we have Akua with us? Okay. Uh, we uh, are very happy to have Akua Ellis join us again. We talked to her about, I want to say, a month ago. Um, Senior Vice President, Community Impact for the Greater Twin Cities United Way. Akua, Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks. How you doing? Oh, we're 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 doing we're doing pretty good, but we did want to, you know, check back in with you and just um you know, we're we're still worried. We're very happy that people made their voices known and people mm -hmm. uh, uh you know, have said that this is enough and I really feel like people have come together and are seeing the pain and I'm talking about maybe I guess from a white person's point of view from that you've never mm -hmm. we've never We've never even had to think about our privilege, and I think a lot of people have, and I feel, I feel for the most part, very positive, but what the hell do I know, Akua? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what do what you, you know about your experience, that, right? Yeah. Well, how, how, how are you feeling? I mean, um, it's, it's been a month since um, George Floyd was murdered, and we've got all these other stories, you know, of other you know, people, Elijah McCain, I mean, the upsetting things mm -hmm. keep happening. You know, Absolutely. what, 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 what's your perspective? Uh, um, specifically on what has happened in the last month. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there are a number of ways uh, you could, I could answer that. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've observed is, uh, you know, the unrest that happened in the wake of George Floyd's murder uh, has forced a lot of questioning of long-standing social contracts in mm -hmm. our community. Mm -hmm. You know, so there is certainly, uh, you've seen a, a response from major corporations with the release of statements. Right. Uh, and, you know, in the past that may have been uh, sufficient, but now you have folks calling up and saying that's lovely, mm -hmm. lovely words. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what does your board look like? Uh, how are you recruiting and promoting people of color within your organization? Like, what sort of changes are you making to the way that you operate mm -hmm. uh, or what you understand to be uh, okay now that your your eyes have, uh, to some extent, been opened? So I see a lot of pushing on uh, formerly, formerly accepted uh, social contracts. Yeah. Which is... Which is interesting. It's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Uh, it's necessary. And it's something that I didn't anticipate. Uh, but I am excited for what our community, what our state looks like, what our country looks like on the other side of this. People have surprised me yeah, uh, I, in, in their ability to make some really bold moves. It, That's it, it, it feels, you know, it's encouraging. To see, you know, mm -hmm. that people are finally, I mean, for but you, it must be so different. What's not encouraging, though, is the one thing that I've seen and I felt is, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know why people have to think that there's something really wrong about saying black lives matter. Mm -hmm. And then they try and mm -hmm. equate it with white lives yeah. matter, or all lives matter. Or I've heard today mm -hmm. in Texas, bar lives matter. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, 
I, I don't like the whataboutism, I guess, that I mm-hmm. have seen mm-hmm. creep up. And I, I just wonder, what is a good way to just s- snap people back into their seat? I mean, what do you, what's the best response to that? When someone says, yeah, but I'm ignoring them. Okay, ignoring them. <laughs> yeah, ignoring, okay. ignoring them and right. protecting your peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are uh, some folks who don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's not worth time and energy to try to convince someone to recognize, uh, observe, and appreciate the humanity of folks that don't look like them. You know, so that's one. Okay. If you had someone who is genuinely trying to understand an analogy that I've heard that I've really appreciated is if you have a row of houses and one of them is in, on fire and the, the fire department shows up, and, and starts to put water on the house that's not on fire, the, the neighbors are going to look like, what are you doing? Right. You're going to put the fire out that exists. Right. And, you know, like, it's mm-hmm. just like saying all, all houses matter. Right. Sure, no, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. That, so so that's good. Um, how about as far as, you know, like the last two weeks, you know, we raised money for the neighborhood rebuilding center to help i mean we were just trying to figure out a way our listeners and as an organization where we kind of felt like we wanted to give money to businesses to get people Mm -hmm. back working and i know that you guys do that at greater twin cities united way i mean are you seeing dollars Uh, because this has been a hard time for a lot of small businesses and Mm -hmm. and And nonprofits and organizations such as yourself i mean what what are you Mm -hmm. guys seeing yeah, so what I would say is that we haven't traditionally invested in small businesses. Mm-hmm. Our work has been really focused on nonprofits that are working in the uh, social services sector. Uh, but through our partnership with the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation and the Minneapolis Foundation came together to provide support to specifically um, indigenous, black, people of color owned small businesses along the affected corridors, those corridors that were most uh, significantly impacted by the unrest in the wake of George Floyd's mm-hmm. murder. And the reason we, we approached it that way is a number of, of, of things. So number one, those small businesses are uh, those that are really uh, finding it challenging to operate in COVID-19 land um, mm-hmm. in, in this moment that we find ourselves in. Um, it's been much harder for them to secure uh, dollars for like P- the PPP program, the the right. Paycheck Protection Program, for example. We've heard lots about that. Um, they also traditionally have uh, found it difficult to access capital in general. So you've got that whole kind of wave uh, that is is part of their context on top of the fact that the damage, most of the damage that occurred in the wake of the unrest uh, happened along corridors that are um, very essential to communities of color across mm-hmm. our region. And so we wanted to make sure that we were taking an equitable approach to providing support. And I have been just amazed at the level of generosity that we've um, that we've seen in the form of over 20 uh, corporations, over 200 individuals that allowed us to grant out $2.5 million wow. uh, to a number of nonprofit intermediaries that are specifically focused on providing support to those nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Good. That's, that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It it feels and, and, like that has been. Um, uh, uh, I guess that that's been one of the positive things is that people and companies have been mm-hmm. generous, and yep. and you need people to 
make that difference with money because I was kind of shocked about all this, uh, you know, how the PPE and even when talking with Neighborhood Rebuilding Fund, how, you know, there's a lot of people that have dark skin cannot get loans, you know, and that they Mm -hmm. were giving character Mm -hmm. loans. We'd never even, you know, heard heard about that or redlining communities. So I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that is it's, that awareness is being raised and people are having an understanding that they just might have been completely not even thought about it before. Absolutely. You know, um, uh, let's see what else. Oh, uh, I know what I wanted to ask you. How do you think, you know, the fight to fix policing and the whole uh, defund the police? Do you think uh, that that. Uh, we can. I wonder if we could come up with another phrase for putting that thought together, <laughs> yes. because I mean we have defunded a lot of things that are important in, like as you said, our social contract. You know, with how people affordable housing, and we, then we call it mm-hmm. tax cuts yeah. or food stamps, and then we, I just wish that there would have been another way we could have come up with a phrase about what they really want to do with the police funding. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, words matter, and framing is essential mm-hmm. you know um thinking in the, in the in terms of an organizer you know you need information or you need a, a call to action that is that is pithy that folks can really rally around it doesn't necessarily lend itself to nuanced policy making right which is what we're seeing play out uh, particularly uh at the minneapolis city council level mm-hmm. i think there's a growing understanding okay. uh, and and interest among people to at least explore what that looks like, what that could mean. Right. Um, but there's a lot of work uh, yet on on that effort. Yeah, there, there really there really is. I knew that you would like uh, be yeah. able to put that into some words for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Akua, the other thing um, I guess is that uh, in the words of Beyonce the other night at the BET Awards when she accepted the humanitarian award, um, said we got to get out there and vote and vote like our lives uh, depend on it. And um, is that anything? Does the United, the greater Twin Cities United Way, do you guys get involved in any way in making sure people know how to vote and register to vote? I I guess I don't know. Sure. So we don't provide uh, direct grants Mm towards that end. Uh, but by all means, a, a number of our nonprofit partners okay. are very heavily invested in voter engagement, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. All right, good. All right. Wonderful. Well, it was nice to nice to touch base with you again, Akua. Our time is short, as always. Um, thank, yeah, thanks thank, so much for the invite. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and thank you for all the work you're doing. And it's pretty amazing that you're going to distribute $2.5 million of funds. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for what you guys are doing. And we hope to talk to you again soon. I look forward to it. Take care, ladies. Okay, okay thanks thank you. a lot. That's Akua Ellis from the Greater Twin Cities United Way Senior Vice President. All right, listen, when we come back, uh, you may have seen the buzz about this um, Netflix movie, Eurovision Uh-oh. Song with Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. We've got a review when we come back. I gave my all and they all know it. Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. I think I'm going to just quote Simon Pegg, you know, the actor, the guy from Mission Impossible, the yeah, yeah, British yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah. 
about people complaining about Black Lives Matter? He says they should just shut the F up. Okay, there you go. There you go. Woo. All right, let's move on. Wow. Okay, I know. So, it, was nice. it's, it was nice to talk to Akua Ellis. Yes. I mean, we have work to do. There's work to do, and we'll keep... Oh, yeah. Lots of us. As long as our lips keep moving, yeah. we're going to be we're going to be uh, we're going to be moving up. How That's about that? right. Okay, so I have seen the ads for this everywhere. I think it dropped last week. And Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, Pierce Brosnan, and Demi Lovato. And uh, I was just curious, you know, like what do people think about right. it? And because for the first time since 1956. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. The Eurovision Song Contest will not take place thanks to COVID-19. And when people go, what is all this big deal? Why do the Europeans go so crazy? Europe or, you know, right. it's a, it was originally founded to promote a sense of unity among the continent following World War II. Oh, really? The okay. annual song competition asked 46 European countries to put up individual acts to represent their nation with an original song. Mm-hmm. And a winner is decided after all the nations vote and a nation cannot vote for itself. Naturally, that means nothing, you know, mostly nothing to Americans because we just think of The Voice or American Idol, you know, The X Factor. Those right. are the only singing competitions that have held our national attention. Yes. It would be like if all the states had a singing competition and we had one person or one group from each state. It's like... A that, pageant thing that we like, Miss America. We have yeah. one person from every state or something. So, but for Europeans, Eurovision, Eurovision is a traditional a tradition that builds camaraderie, friendly competition, much in the same that World Cup does. Okay, got it. It's just, and it's absolutely bonkers. Okay, the costumes are extravagant. You know, We've remember heard Madonna it. We, went played yes. at Eurovision last year. Our, our yes, Mr. Our friend, Manuary, yes. Danny has gone to it. Yes. So the story follows these two musicians from this tiny town in Iceland, which is played by Will Ferrell and Rachel, uh, Rachel, Rachel McAdams, with their Icelandic a- uh, <laughs> accents. So I asked Danny, who's been to several. Yeah, he's a regular yes, he, Eurovision fan, and he said it's nothing like it. You know, he's tried to explain. Right. So here's what Danny said. I found it decent. I think it will, it pleases most true hardcore Eurovision fans. There are some errors that slip through about it, but it showed how passionate the people and the countries are about it. The history of Eurovision and what an impact it has made on Europe as a whole. It's as big as the Olympics or World Cup for so many, I think it represent that well. It represented that well. Also, a lot of cameos from past Eurovision performances. Oh, really? Okay. To satisfy the hardcore fans, it had good music and it had a heart. Um, I definitely watch it again. And for the non 
Eurovision people, I think you'd be super entertained uh, because they do a good job of explaining it as well. So, um, anyway, it sounds like fun. Well, I mean, uh, Jezebel liked it. They said it's a genuine delight, if not a perfect satire. I saw Pierce Brosnan on Extra talking about about the show. I did get a kick out of listening to. Um, you know, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams, I watched a little teaser of it, and it mm-hmm. looked like, remember when we were in Reykjavik and down by the oh. bay, by where the fish houses? Yes, 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 yes. That's look, That looked that like, looked like what were. it was. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, it um, one of the great songs we get introduced to is a song called Ja Ja Ding Dong. <laughs> As everyone needs to know. That's right. Ja, ja, ding, dong. Which Will uh-huh. and yeah, yeah. Uh, Rachel McAdams do. Anyway, well, it's as fun and silly as it sounds. Vanity Fair gave it a good review. And so if you're maybe just looking for something to beat the heat, if you're not going to see an old movie at, at, at one of the theaters that might okay. be open or a drive-in. All right, I've got movie. one for you. So okay. I get a text from a friend last night. And um, she says, um, I don't know. Um, I just put in the movie on her Netflix account. And you know how Netflix works in a family account? You can have like my account. I had one for me, one for the boys, one for, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you have different accounts out there. And so you click on your account and it comes up your favorite or continue watching. Right. So she had just heard about this movie called Love. Have you heard about this? No. Okay, so it's a man in an unsatisfying marriage recalls the details of an intense past relationship with an ex-girlfriend. And it's a 2015 movie, but it's trending right now on Netflix. Okay. So here's here's the text. OMG, I just put in the movie Love on Netflix, which is shared here by all four of us. The opening scene is a full naked hand job and fingering. Oh. And then it says continue watching Love on her, on her profile. So her kids have all been at it. And so she's just, I mean, the opening, the opening moment is just like, whoa. And so she's just dying knowing that her f- kids have been watching this. Because and everything. It's, it's like Pornhub. It is. The first but 10 seconds. And you is. don't even know what Pornhub is. I know, is. but Lori, it is. I, so <laughs> she's just like, I'm dying. My kids, you know, because they're watching it. But anyway, so if anyone has... The love trending on their yeah. Netflix. You might want to see who in the family network yeah. is watching it and who it's appropriate for. Yeah, people are saying things like, uh, why is it on Netflix? Why don't people just watch porn? Okay, I don't understand. Right? And it's TikTok not- is the one that told me about this movie. It got moving on TikTok. That's where it must have happened with the kids. Yes. Okay, it so, is. so I just was I just couldn't stop laughing. And um just, I just can't imagine because if you put on a movie ever in front of your family or anything, and you just start watching it, and it's it's not even a there's no credits, it just starts. Right. So it's a hard start, so to speak. Hard, so to uh-huh. speak. I see what you did there, yeah, Julia. And you. we just had talked about hand jobs yesterday. You're right. You and know? that's how it starts. That I and wish you, Rob for them to make a comeback. And so this no is how pun intended. <laughs> literally, I know. And this is how it starts. But I couldn't stop laughing just seeing she's got like cross eyes and every funny thing in her text. Yeah. Like, oh, can you imagine having this happen in your house? So anyway, that was just kind of funny. It's not at all like 365 days. 365. That's all. That yeah, 365. Called. The other kind of soft. Yeah. You know, sexy. 
movie. Well, but Holly said it was so bad she couldn't finish it, and I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it. I only liked it for the yachts and the scenery and the cars. Lori, the you, yachts and the scenery. I mean, and the this car. this love has nothing like that. This love is. Just, Are you gonna try it? It sounds like it might be more up no, your alley. No, Julia. I watched the first like ten minutes, and I just couldn't stop laughing. And we're texting back and forth because yeah. I know, I know, yeah. my kids are watching. You have watched this, and right. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, now this one I'm more interested <laughs> in because it gets right to it. I don't need any yachts and islands you to get me You don't the need mood. to warm up. It's I don't a hard need to warm yeah. up. Let's get right to the oh, dirty, geez. dirty action. And it really, it really is. So if that's trending on your Netflix. Um, You've been warned. Yeah, you yeah. have. All you right. have. All right, we'll be right back. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.